Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Always look on the bright side of life. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back, Indianapolis. This is Saturday Night on the Circle, and I'm excited to return to the airwaves once again because, my goodness, we had quite an exciting week, especially with the rather damning testimony offered by the uh, IRS whistleblowers before Congress this week. Incredible stuff. We'll play you some highlights from that. And finally, we have a face to the name Whistleblower X unmasked on Wednesday. And it it paints a rather unfortunate picture of corruption that is uh, 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 deep within the United States government, inextricably tied with President Biden, who obviously now, it seems, was intimately aware of Hunter Biden's business dealings and was involved in them. Thanks for joining the show. I hope you're entertained. We have some guests coming in later in the program. Uh, Tony Kennett joins the show. We'll talk about the imploding Jefferson Shreve campaign, which is quite unfortunate. Um, And then also Brian Baker is coming on, and we'll talk about the ongoing Hollywood actor strike that has now really shut this billion, multi-billion dollar industry and ground it to a halt. Uh, And it's affecting the day-to-day workers the most. So that's what we'll get into. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Check my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com and Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm and on WIBC.com. There is a new feature that has been debuted, a small gallery, a collection of my uh, whiteboard drawings and artworks that I've done here at the station for WIBC. So now you can see the collection live on the show page at WIBC.com. Be sure to check it out. We resume with uh, the whistleblower testimony that was offered on Wednesday in an over six-hour hearing before Congress. A lot of the most uh, interesting stuff on uh, the part of Joseph Ziegler, who uh, many people made a point of saying, well, like, not only is he a Democrat, but he's a gay Democrat. And he made an important point that that's not what qualifies his testimony. It's the fact that he has over 13 years with the IRS. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. Now, I think it's interesting that so many people centered in on that aspect of his testimony, and it really speaks to how um, 
how partisan um, just everyday American society has become that you assume like, oh, well, you, you know, that uh, because he's a gay Democrat, uh, th then he, he, you know, he wouldn't have, I guess, honesty and integrity. <laughs> he'd, he'd protect the uh, protect and shield the president in much the same way uh, that he is accusing uh, uh, the Department of Justice uh, investigation led by attorney David Weiss of doing shielding the president uh, uh, from the investigation, uh, from lines of questioning that would lead to his campaign, as well as justice for his son, who is, seems to, by all accounts, have received an incredible sweetheart deal uh, that will receive no jail time for, of all things, potentially being involved in a prostitution ring, something that also came to light during the hearing, um, uh, things that we already knew during the sportsman investigation, but now are officially entered into the record with this whistleblower testimony brought up by Byron Donalds of Florida. Her transcript page. 17. What it, what it says is, is that you are investigating a social media company, and through the process of that investigation, you found out that Hunter Biden was paying prostitutes, was paying potentially for prostitutes in a potential prostitution ring. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. He can't keep getting away with it! He can't keep getting away with it! Like, it is incredible the depth and breadth of crimes that the son of the president is allegedly involved in. Um, it, it's truly incredible and speaks to how um, he was shielded by the deep state, something that Joseph Ziegler specifically testified to, how he was limited from pursuing inquiries that would lead back to connections with uh, Joe Biden and also uh, uh, from the true ramifications of Hunter Biden's crimes. There was, there was an environment when we were interviewing people, when we were interviewing witnesses where you were afraid to ask questions, questions that could lead to the presidential campaign. And this is after the campaign's over. So questions like that, it was restricted and I was, it, it, so things like that were, we were limited to, to talking about. So we should applaud Joseph Ziegler uh, and Gary Shapley for coming forward and bringing the levels of corruption to light and really testify to what many people in the American public had already come to believe, which is that the Department of Justice specifically has been shielding the Biden family. And we're now starting to the, the dots are getting connected. It's all being brought together. But it's hilarious how the Democrats believe that or they're trying. I don't think they actually believe it. They're trying to make it into a uh, nothing burger. Uh, uh, Jamie Rankin, or Raskin rather, said that there's no evidence of special treatment for Hunter Biden. There is no evidence that Hunter Biden has received any kind ah. of official favoritism in this prosecution for being Joe Biden's son. <laughs> you serious? On the contrary... There are more than 10 million Americans who have filed taxes but failed to pay them, the exact crime Hunter Biden is pleading guilty to. The vast majority of these cases are resolved administratively or through civil settlement. Indeed, every year the IRS and DOJ obtain convictions and sentences in fewer than 700 cases for tax crimes of any kind, a minuscule percentage. 
You sit on a throne of lies. It is not at all a reach to suggest if you or I had been accused of some of the things Hunter Biden has allegedly been involved in, like prostitution rings or not paying back to the tune of millions of dollars to the IRS, it would be straight to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It's just that simple. So the idea that Jamie Raskin would come forward and say there's no evidence of special treatment is hilarious because it was a sweetheart deal in which he received no jail time. It's absolutely repugnant and should outrage any American who's been paying attention. And I'm glad that, uh, of all things, under the leadership of J uh, 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 James McCarthy um, in the House, that we are at least having hearings and bringing some of these uh, important accusations to light, uh, especially from Democratic whistleblowers in the IRS. Interesting stuff. And we're going to continue to follow this story as it unfolds. So stay tuned to 93 WIBC, where up next, I'm inviting Tony Kinnett onto the program, and we will discuss the ever ongoing collapse of the Jefferson Shreve campaign. I mean, you know, look, it's a long way to November, but right now it's not looking good. And we'll talk, kind of commiserate and talk more about that in the next segment. So stay tuned to Saturday Night on The Circle. Who's the slimiest rat in the pack? Who's unlovable? Who's unlivable? Whose behavior is quite unforgivable? Who would stoop to the lowest and meanest of tricks in the book? This is Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your bohemian codger, Ethan Hatcher. Find my podcasts uploaded to WIBC.com and SaturdayNightOnTheCircle.Fireside.FM. Plus, hop in the chat while we stream live on the YouTube. Almost two weeks ago, Republican candidate for mayor Jefferson Shreve outlined a controversial public safety plan that included a ban on so-called assault weapons and the repeal of permitless carry within Marion County. This did not sit well with many Republican voters in the city, but since that time, Shreve has doubled down this week, launching an op-ed in the Indianapolis Star, insisting his plan is, quote, comprehensive. Here to weigh in on this unmitigated disaster of a campaign is the investigative reporter for The Daily Signal, articulate champion for constitutional principles, and the one and only dashing rogue, Tony Kennett, who joins us once again. How's it going? Going well, sir. Better than the Jefferson Shreve campaign, I dare say. This has been an unmitigated disaster, man, and as a resident of the city, I am distraught. Originally... You know, Tony, I had thought, look, I'm not a fan of this policy by any means, but the mayor can't even legally accomplish it. So I was still likely planning to support him despite this disaster of a proposal. But since that time, he has doubled down and refused to listen to the voters, thinking that he can do better by appealing to Democrat policy. I don't I'm a, a day in politics is a lifetime, but I, I think I might be done with this guy and just just going to leave that option blank on my ballot. I mean, I don't blame you. I, I heard you say unmitigated disaster and that you're kind of distraught over this. I am the opposite of distraught. I, I am honestly quite gleeful that this has kind of come out, and, and there's a good reason why. Okay. So over the last several years, the more establishment Republican Party in Indiana has been kind of flirting with endorsing candidates who are, maybe we just say, not at all conservative at all. The only real thing that these candidates that they put forward have to their name is that they are not technically Democrats because we're in a red state. You don't really need to put forward a good conservative 
conservative candidate. You just need to put someone forward who is not blue. And so they've been, you know, kind of getting lax in how they vet candidates. And so they get Shreve up here. And Shreve, uh, just a week before he made this announcement, was telling several people that he backed the Second Amendment, that he was this principled kind of a conservative leader, and all of these other promises. And then all of a sudden, he gets up in front of everyone and he switches one of the core fundamental beliefs that Republicans are supposed to have, completely abandons what he said that he believed, promises gun bans, gun confiscation, raising the gun age, uh, removing preeminence, not to mention revoking constitutional carry, which you're right, he doesn't have the authority to do so it's, to change state legislature. It, it's so but bizarre. Even if, he was, even if he was able to get the Marion County Council to... Uh, pass some kind of a ban, the Supreme Court has already ruled that unconstitutional. <laughs> so there was no reason to pander, because even the Democrats that he possibly could have swayed to vote for him liked those Joe Hotset gun policies the least. So he literally only alienated people. I have yet to find one person who was not planning to vote, on, to vote for Shreve before who now is planning to vote for Shreve. Not one. When he talks about, you know, this assault weapons ban within Marion County, which not, you know, forget the fact it's would be completely unenforceable. But also most of the crime in this city is not committed with so-called assault weapons. This isn't Grand Theft Auto where people are running around in the streets with AR-15s. I had a shooting in front of my home and they weren't running around with assault rifles or long rifles. They didn't have AR-15s. It was handguns. There was a tenant of mine that was shot again right around the neighborhood where I live, shot with a handgun, not with a rifle. Most crimes in Indianapolis are done with handguns, not with so-called assault rifles. So even if you could somehow attain this unenforceable fantasy, it would do nothing to stem the wave of crime and murder in the city. It's ridiculous and it bothers me. You say you're ecstatic for this to happen. I'm distraught because this is the city where I lived and I thought there was a chance for this guy with his endless waterfall of cash to potentially have a punter's chance of winning this race. And now I think we're going to be stuck with another four years of hog snot, and I'm not sure the city can sustain it. It's already transformed to be nearly unrecognizable from the place it was in the not-so-distant past of 2015. I remember the better city that this place used to be. I thought Shreve might have a chance to bring it to that what it used what it once was. Well, the reason I'm gleeful is not because you guys are going to have four more years of hog snot. Not at all. I will lament that as much as anyone in Indianapolis is for sure, because I love what Indianapolis used to be as well. But the thing is, there's been this kind of weird narrative in the Republican Party for years that as soon as you get in a city election, you have to start running different candidates because city Republicans would never vote in a conservative. And so you end up getting these weirdos running for office that actually have no values. And I'm going to make the case because I've heard people from both the Marion County GOP as well as uh, one or two people from the state GOP, although most of the Indiana GOP is so angry with Shreve that they are literally telling people to pull out of his campaign. The actual Indiana GOP is telling people to get the hell out of Shreve's campaign. That's how mad they are with him. But the very few defenders that he has have made the case that, well, he's still better than Hogsett. Is he? Uh, yeah. Is he? And, and, and one individual who I won't name told me that. He's like, well, he's, he's still better than, than Hogsett is. Is he? How do you know? He's cribbing notes from the Hogsett campaign. Hogshead? Because up until 15 minutes ago, we believed that Shreve backed the Second Amendment. But if he's willing to change his core values, 
at the drop of a hat. And by the way, according to emails that I have from inside his campaign, that's right, his own campaign staffers are now turning on him and sending me things. I have an article coming out this week about that. Can't wait to read that. He has been lying to people. He's been planning this for over a month. Over a month, he's been recording and re-recording videos of him trying to announce that he's going to do this assault weapons ban and confiscation policy. Extremely unconstitutional. Not to mention extremely damning for the black and male Hispanic voters in Indianapolis who are among the highest minority gun owner voting blocks in the country. Like, beside all of that, if he's willing to change his core tenets on the Second Amendment, what else is he willing to change his core tenets on? Yeah. Yeah, clearly at least, that- at least with Hogsett, you know that he is a Democrat who believes all of the straight, far-left, social Democrat, socialist policies. You know that. With Shreve, what does he believe? Yeah, hmm? cl- clearly Shreve's You know what Prince- he believes? He doesn't know what he believes. No. He changes his messaging every month. He's only running for the sake of running. He's a coward and a liar. His his principles blow whichever direction the wind goes. I'm surprised he would announce no, that- No, no, not whichever way the wind blows. Because the wind was not blowing in this direction. There was no wind that he twisted <laughs> his sail up and, and followed the wind in that direction. Every single person who was voting for Shreve or would consider voting for Shreve. Well, presumably the policy. strategy here is he's going to be peeling off Democrat voters by appealing to their policy positions, which is a baffling way to run. If I look, if I were the Shreve campaign at, at this point, I think it's too late. If I wanted to put a more progressive Republican policy for uh, gun policy within the city, I would maybe offer city sponsored training uh, courses to promote gun safety uh, and more responsibility within city limits. Like, that is something that could be doable, first of all, from a legislative standpoint within the city. And it's also a more progressive uh, way to build on the message. Like, that is something the Shreve campaign could have done instead of this non-starter, which isn't even attainable, neither through uh, the the state level uh, or from the perspective of the Supreme Court. Like, in multiple ways, this proposal is dead on arrival. It doesn't make sense why you you would make this virtue signal, unless you thought you were going to be peeling off the Democrat voters. The funny thing is he actually sat down with several groups, including a diversity group from the Indiana GOP that that has a lot of young minority leaders in in the state. And he pitched this idea to this group. And the reaction was universally negative. Uh, Insiders that I have that that are in that group that have spoken to me said that, like, basically they were begging him not to do it. The only group that we can ascertain told him that this was a good idea was some GOP pollster from Chicago who believes that really every Republican supports abortion. That's one of her key like pollster assessment values is that she believes every Republican deep inside is very deeply pro-choice, which obviously is incredibly stupid, but that's who the Shreve campaign went to for polling analysis. Okay, so a Chicago Republican is basically a Democrat. This is insane. (laughs) That's who they're going to for the campaign strategy? I mean, this is Jefferson (laughs) Shreve's team. And and that's why some of his team members, they're reaching out to me now because they're like, I don't, they're one person uh, who is fairly young. That's all I can say about this individual because I don't really want them to get fired by the Shreve campaign, um, at least not yet. Uh, they said that <laughs> they are at a point where they want Shreve to be taken down because they don't want his decisions to drag down their career. His own staffers are terrified that Shreve's inability to run a simple, one of the easiest political campaigns in history, the lowest bar to jump, the easiest target to hit, the lowest hanging fruit, that being Joe Hogsett. Shreve can't even make it to what you would consider Consider being a viable race, and and literally the Indiana. When you have the Indiana GOP telling people to bail from that campaign, 
And again, the opponent is Joe Hogsett. Yeah. Like, what that is how bad ex- you have messed up. It is blisteringly embarrassing. That broad ripple event that he hosted the night after he made that announcement had like four guests at a very nice barbecue place. And I found out later that the, the, one of the people that worked at the restaurant was like very upset that Shreve was there because those are not values that the, the, that, that part of the broad ripple community stand for at all. And that's what Shreve's running as. F the Republican Party, F conservative values. He has an election to lose. Yeah, he's cribbing his notes from the the Hawks Not campaign, but it's baffling why he would sink millions of dollars into this election, which is a surefire loser. I guess he's got money to burn, but I'm left scratching my head what the strategy is here, because at this point, it's apparent nobody who's serious could honestly believe this is a winning strategy, and yet he is doubling down on it. So I I don't know. I guess at this point, I I do hope he loses and we can cobble together. Oh, he will. You don't have to hope. Yeah, yeah. There's no question at all. I mean, there was a polling group that I can't reveal because they might be releasing Uh, a study. They pulled, uh, I believe the final number was about 200 Indianapolis Republicans who live in Marion County. And they asked, will you be voting for Jefferson Shreve? And every, for the first 148 voters, every single one said they would not be voting for Shreve. And that's such an anomaly in polling, such an anomaly in polling that they actually thought that they were being trolled and considered throwing out the polling data. Shreve has a, he's lost his entire base, his entire base. There is no one that is Republican in Indianapolis that is considering voting for him right now. That is unheard of. Supposedly, he has been uh, scheduled to come on the Kendall and Casey show Wednesday. Now, he was supposed to have been on the show last Wednesday when I was guest hosting, and that's part of the reason why I'm extremely disappointed in the candidate for mayor, because I would love to have asked him questions as a voter who lives in the city. But at this point, I'll be waiting with bated breath to see what kind of explanation he's going to come up with with for this disaster of a proposal that's going to be a short fire loser and I guess stick us with another four years of a terrible what should be weak incumbent Democrat that would be easy to defeat. I'm 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 really upset, Tony, but I guess, uh, you know, at this point we can ride the decline and, uh, you know, watch it all burn. (laughs) Hey, I mean, if you actually want to have Republicans actually start running with conservative values, um, maybe you should do that uh, because the Indiana uh, Chamber of Commerce screw whatever social policy and just kiss corporations behind policy. Strangely, starting to become ineffective because people I know this is shocking, but did you know that we in Indiana can see what's going on in Florida and Oklahoma in Idaho and Louisiana and other states where they actually have conservatives right. and libertarians winning Republican positions? And they're like, wait, wait a minute. If they can get that down in Florida, why can't we get that here? And then Holcomb 5.0 in the form of of Brad or Suzanne or Braun or whoever is running for governor or Shreve running for mayor. And it's just your latest iteration of Holcomb. And shockingly, Hoosiers aren't up for that anymore because we see what other states are getting. And, you know, we want the good stuff. I'm tired of eating gruel. Maybe it's time to investigate third party options because clearly establishment Republicans are going to behave no better than Democrats no. as long as there's no, no competition no. in the in the marketplace. In the no, marketplace. Do not investigate of voters. third party options. Third party options have no viability. They're not going to win elections. Well, clearly this not. Republican Party doesn't have any viability when they're running basically Democrats, my friend. Okay, here's here's the answer to that. Here's the answer. Get your Republican chairman for your county out. They're done. If they don't put forward good candidates, then get them out. You then you the I average for Abdul. Need <laughs> you can do that. If you join your local Republican Party, you can unseat those that are that are in charge at the county level. 
You have to take back your Republican Party. You have to actually have to get involved. You have to join the Hancock, the Hamilton, the Marion, the Henry, the the whatever, insert county name here, Republican Party, and you need to unseat them and take back your Republican Party. It's happening at the delegate level at the state, by the way. That's how Diego Morales happened. Sounds like- you need to get involved at your county, and that includes Marion County. It's time to actually do some work and have a GOP that does something useful instead of take kickbacks from lobbyists. Sounds like a game plan, and we got four years to do it. Unfortunately, We've ran along, my friend, but thanks for coming in and talking about this disaster of a campaign. I'm depressed, but maybe this will uh, kick people into gear and get them involved, which is what needs to happen. Absolutely. Anytime, man. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Stay tuned for more. 93 WIBC. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. to Saturday night on the circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to the show, dear listeners. Where this week we introduce a shameful lineup of incompetence and failure that has has to come to define the Biden administration. Here our geriatric executive fumble his way across the stage, leaving administration officials to inconvincingly lie about his performance in a desperate attempt to cover up his collapsing presidency before our eyes. You'll also hear how members of the Democrat Party look the other way while corruption sets into the Oval Office and Secret uh, Service shields the unnamed member of the administration from the consequences of bringing cocaine into the White House. Don't miss a moment of this week's uh, edition of Hat Tricks with Hatcher. It's time for another one of Hatcher's Hat Tricks. 
The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, and producer Carl, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things necessary to make the show function. We begin with Joe Biden, who, as always, seems to have an incredible amount of difficulty stringing together a coherent sentence. Several examples beginning this week for hat tricks of him fumbling different aspects of his speech and one administration in particular ineptly trying to convince us that it all makes perfect sense. How many times you read in the play that a recession's coming? Even Wall Street today said no, they don't see a recession coming now. You tell me who this sounds like. Slow moving, inattentive, dull, constantly snacking. And like, if you didn't know that he wasn't just so old, you'd think he was drunk the way he slurs his speech. But no, that's the way Joe Biden is. And it's sad, but unfortunately, he is the uh, currently uh, elected president of the United States here flubbing his NATO speech. Sometimes it's not even when he's speaking free form. It's also when he's trying to read a teleprompter. Soon NATO will be the 32nd freestanding have free 30 free 32 freestanding members standing together to defend our people and our territory you are so dumb you are really dumb for real but what's really great is when you catch the administration officials trying to shill for the, the this general incompetency and try to shield uh, the president and uh, convince us that, ah, uh, you know, this is all okay. He makes perfect sense. This is White House spokesman John Kirby on Fox News, which I'll bet he was regretting after this confrontation. This moment got of a bit of attention, um, and it's not the only one that is kind of like this that we sometimes see, and I just want to play it for you. Sure. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and they uh, and, uh, at the Aqua uh, and the Old Shrine. And uh, as I uh, affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. John, this got a lot of attention. It got picked up in a lot of places. Why is it so hard to understand what, what the president is trying to say there? Oh, I think he was very, very clear, Martha. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> Could you even understand what the president was trying to say? Many have tried. If you have succeeded, it was basically unintelligible. Am I wrong, Producer Carl? I've uh, seen subtitles that have had a difficult time in translating what he's saying so oh yeah, my funny. goodness yeah can you imagine the price because a lot of this stuff ends up on a white house transcript can you imagine being the transcriber trying to figure out what the hell this guy just said they better better pay that person a lot of money oh it's yeah he deserves all the bonuses that is one guy earning his federal pay, uh, paycheck <laughs> Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle 93 WIBC. Continuing with the cartoonish cavalcade of failure in the administration, this is Corrine Jean-Pierre. She doesn't want to opine over uh, the origins of cocaine in the White House and believes that the uh, Secret Service had led a thorough investigation on the matter. 
We believe that uh, um, you know the Secret Service did a thorough investigation. Certainly not going to opine on the uh, on the investigation. Of course, of course, we're going to have confidence that they're going to do their jobs and do everything that they can to get to the bottom of this. Of course, uh, that is something that we have confidence. We will always have confidence in that. Uh, but uh, as you just stated, we've been briefed on the outcome, uh, and in their public statement, as as well as the Secret Service have said, you know there is a there is hundreds of visitors that traveled through uh, this area. Uh, at, where um, where this where uh, where the cocaine was found uh, across that weekend, and so I'm going to leave it to them for any additional information, uh, but certainly not going to, to going to opine on um, on on the process here. Uh, but we believe it was a thorough investigation. That's the way she goes. That's the way she goes. That's right. It's the way she goes. Sometimes she goes. Sometimes it doesn't. She didn't go. It's the way she goes. You know, I mean, what what was just, you know, 10 days was all it took the Secret Service to determine, well, it was a blind house in the cubby next to uh, uh, the White House Situation Room. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, no fingerprints, no DNA, no ability for the Secret Service to identify who it was and just, you know, wipe their hands of the matter thorough investigation. Meanwhile, I think they're still continuing to identify people from January 6th. I think they're still, I mean, they're, they're continuing the prosecution, certainly. Um, you, you know, but after 10 days, leaving it be. Now, some Democrats are so out of touch with how corrupt this administration is, they don't even know that the uh, that the investigation has stopped. This is uh, Representative uh, Alyssa uh, Slotkin, who evidently just was completely unaware that the Secret Service had already washed their hands of the issue. We need to do an investigation. If there's an illegal drug, find who... They're ending their investigation, though. Is that a problem? They need, I, I think... That, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not up on the details. I didn't know they were ending the investigation. How embarrassing. Not up on the details? What do you mean you're not up on the details? It's not like this has been simmering on the stovetop for months on end. It's a 10 day, not even two weeks. 10 days and the investigation ends. Oh, well, we need, we need an investigation. Oh, did, did you know that the investigation's already over? Is that a problem? Oh, well, I'm not up to date on the details. Absolutely ridiculous. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. One final instance of failure in the administration. This is the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Buddha, Buddha, Buttigieg rocking everywhere. Um, now, you would think that transportation would be the primary goal of the Transportation Secretary. Not so for Pete Buttigieg. He actually identifies five priorities for the Department of Transportation, and not one damn one of them include transportation. I kid you not, here's the moment caught on tape. To be brief, we, we have five major priorities at, at the Department of Transportation. Safety, which is the reason the DOT exists, uh, economic development, equity, climate, and innovation. And I always have a bit of an asterisk on the fifth, actually, because innovation is the one out of those five that's actually not uh, a goal in itself. It exists only in furtherance of the other four. In other words, our approach on innovation is we care about it to the extent that it helps us with safety, economic growth, climate, and equity. It's over. We are screwed. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Yes, you heard the department, uh, or uh, the secretary uh, of transportation uh, correctly, that the five priorities of the Department of Transportation, none of them include transportation. And in fact, one of them isn't even a goal. So this is, 
this is some crazy stuff and just shows you why this administration is completely in collapse. Thanks for listening to the show. We got more to come. Stay tuned to 93 WIBC Saturday night on The Circle. is Saturday night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Thanks for listening to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher. Producer Carl, pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. This hour, or well, this segment, I should say, we'll be discussing an incredibly rare Harry Potter book that was purchased for 30 pence and sold for 10,000 pounds. I don't know what that is in dollars. It's got to be like $15,000, something like that, $12,000. Anyway, um, uh, it, a pretty considerable uh, turnaround, I should say. So y- you got to admire this uh, thrifty uh, uh, thrifty buyer who picked it up uh, at the library sale. I love thrift store shopping producer carl a lot of the stuff that i wear i get in thrift store shopping like i got this t-shirt i got it at a goodwill i got this vest at an antique store i think i got these jeans at an at another uh, thrift store somewhere around here on the and, east side and let's not forget that uh, artifact that you found at a, at a thrift store Where well i found antique, that in the antique, antique store, store. that was a pretty good find too yeah you know uh, i'm glad you bring that up because can, can you believe i find a 2000 year old dagger at an antique store in pennsylvania and that isn't even worth as much as this Harry Potter book from 19, what was it, 1997? That's a tragedy right there. 2,000-year-old artifact, not even worth as much as this Harry Potter book that sold for 10,000 pounds at auction. The reason why is because it's an incredibly rare first edition copy of the book. I guess only 500 were made at the time uh, and 300 or so, or yeah, 300 were sent to area libraries. And since that one had stayed in circulation and become so tatty that the library deemed it not not usable anymore. So it was picked up by this collector who knew exactly what it was, kept it in his collection um, until he passed away, passed away at the age of 55, which is a tragedy, but I guess his, his family now has something that they can uh, use to help defer the costs of uh, of the funeral um it it had been lost and i <laughs> as a collector i know what this is like it had been lost inside the vast uh, archives of his collection i guess since he was a kid he'd been going to thrift shops and uh, specifically was going after books and paper media and traded those and found rare you know first editions and traded them for other copies of books and it had been doing it all his life had squirreled this away and said you know some uh, uh book or a cardboard box uh, in the process of moving and then thought it was lost. And then now he passed away and in, you know, as his family sifted through his stuff, uncovered this 10,000 pound treasure. So that's good for them. Carl, you ever found any, uh, anything particularly interesting in a thrift store? Are you a thrift store shopper? You're a little bit more fashionable than I am. I, I think you go to Kohl's. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I'm a thrift store uh, shopper. Yeah, no. no, you're getting all your stuff at like Kohl's, TJ Maxx, <laughs> you know, where all the Nordstrom. Rich- yeah, Nordstrom. They're all the rich <laughs> Macy's, people shop. Yeah. <laughs> Get all my stuff used. I'm a true Hoosier. You know, we're we're thrifting it hard here on the east side of Indianapolis. 
I don't mind it though. My grandma always is giving me a hard time. She wants me. Uh, she gave me some money, and I, I I've kept it set to the side because I I got a couple new suit coats with it, and I intend eventually to go buy some new like jeans, maybe a couple new shirts. But I just I like I like I I, I like getting all my stuff from the secondhand stores. You know, it's uh it's fun shopping, uh, and I cobble together my own unique assemblage of uh, a wacky outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to uh, Saturday Night on The Circle. We got a lot more to come in the second hour, including a uh, uh, guest of the show, Brian Baker. He's coming on the program, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, uh, Hollywood actors' strike. They have joined in the writers and essentially set the whole industry ablaze, grinding it to a halt. But who is going to be the first to blink? Will it be the actors who... Uh, uh, you know, are crushed beneath the pressure of, of needing a paying gig uh, because a lot of these people don't even make enough to get uh, uh, insurance, health insurance provided from the union, uh, let, let alone continue to uh, uh, pay their rent months on end without work? Uh, or is it going to be the studios who need the writers and need the talent of the writers, uh, uh, talent of the actors to come back? I guess we'll find out. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Stay tuned for more on 93 WIBC. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saturday Night on the Circle. 
I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, having a hell of a time behind the microphone. I hope you're enjoying it as well. Catch my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com and Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm. New feature on WIBC.com. If you check the show page, I now have a gallery of all the whiteboard drawings I've been doing for WIBC over the last couple years, just as a lot of fun um, and now presented as a collection. So if you want to check that out, you can find them uploaded to the show page on WIBC.com. This hour, we're going to ha- be having friend of the show, Brian Baker, onto the program. We're going to discuss the Hollywood actors strike, what's going on, how it's affecting the ground-level employees, because it's not just the multimillionaire actors. It's the you know day-to-day actors. It's your bid actors. It's the people who support uh, the entire enterprise, your stunt drivers, your caterers, your restaurants, uh, you know, your construction workers. There's lots of stuff that goes into it that is now being affected because of the shutdown. So Brian Baker's going to give us uh, his thoughts on that and come onto the program. And I am just finishing up some absolutely fantastic tomatoes that producer Carl gave me before the program. And producer Carl, I love a good tomato. This stuff is interesting. Where did, oh, thank what, you. What kind of what? What are these dark tomatoes? Uh, I've never those seen. Are, I love, those are like ruby red tomatoes. I mean, ruby. my wife is probably like rolling got, her eyes right now. That's not what they're called. You and don't they, know what they are. Yeah, and then the others are called. They're the, yellow. Yellow. They're great tomatoes. They're sweet. They're fantastic. Something about Indiana soil really makes for fantastic tomato growing soil like i mean no other state their tomatoes taste as good as they do here in the state of indiana well it it, it doesn't also hurt that uh, i bought them and they were from ace hardware so <laughs> oh you bought this is from these tomatoes are coming from a potter you to be led honest, me you no. led me to believe that you had grown them you said you well, grew did, more tomatoes they're coming out of a potter they're not coming from indiana soil please forgive me <sighs> Producer Carl is misleading. Uh, well, so you are growing so them. So they're basically GMO they're just tomatoes. Com- they're just Ethan. coming from potted soil. They're coming from potted soil. Well, yes. okay, and I gave them fine. my TLC. That's fine. <laughs> At least you're growing them, so we we will take that. Anyway, appreciate the tomatoes, producer Carl. Good stuff. You also will enjoy this clip from Joe Rogan making the rounds this week discussing the uh, infamous Bill Clinton uh, blue dress painting hanging up in uh, Epstein's uh, infamous island. Um, and and Joe, Joe Rogan and his guests discussing how basically it intimates that Epstein had dirt on the former president, how scary it is that these individuals had access and influence to the highest levels of the American government. And here was their discussion. Why do you think Epstein had that giant painting of Bill Clinton in a dress in his foyer? Dude. Do you know that picture? Yeah. That painting? Epstein's taste in art was not great. Like, if you look at the no, shit. that was great. That, that, that painting is like, I got you, bitch. That's what that is. Oh, right. You got a president who was on the flight logs 26 times with Epstein, and you got that guy in a fucking dress in your house. Okay, I'm you, dumb. I'm sorry, dude. I'm officially dumb because I've known about that picture. And I've just been like, why would anybody want a fucking that, picture? That is, of I got you, bitch. That's just still like, hey, yeah. That's I got you, bitch. That is terrifying. That's terrifying. Imagine if I knew some horrible dark secrets about you, and you came over my house, and I have a giant painting of you right when you walk into the front door. Yeah. Of you in a dress. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, buddy. Hi, welcome. 
You're right. How terrifying that would be? That's terrifying. You know he knows about it. I mean, you walk right in and bam, there's that painting. And now you kind of control a president. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Well, that's 100% what they were doing. I mean, he's trotting back and forth on the Lolita Express, which is what they called it. We know what his uh, uh, his fixer, well, not his fixer, um, what, what would you even call? No, um, his madam, I guess you'd call her, uh, Jill Zane, you know, arranging uh, th- these uh, meetups and actually farming out the, the, the young girls. I mean, this, this was really, truly disgusting stuff that they were up to. Of course he's got dirt on the former president. What do you think? That, I mean, so I, <laughs> it, it's just interesting how this story, of course, it hasn't died years on. Uh, Epstein obviously didn't kill himself. It's fascinating to see all the people, the various individuals who have been close within the Clinton orbit who have uh, mysteriously come up missing or died early under mysterious circumstances, uh, including uh, Epstein, who had this painting uh, uh, hanging in the foyer of his house. Um, and it, it begs the question of what must, for instance, China have on the sitting president of the United States right now. Um, You may have heard that the uh, State Department emails have been hacked, and it's pretty conclusive that it was China who did it. But note how the Biden administration is reacting to this. John Kirby, the spokesman, acting like it's no big deal that espionage has been perpetrated on the United States, and they're just dismissing it. Even if it is, even if it is uh, a hacking group from the PRC, it doesn't mean that you torpedo an entire bilateral relationship, the most consequential in the world, militarily, economically, politically, because of one act. You deal with it, you hold people accountable as appropriate, but you still got to work on making sure this relationship, this competition, and it is a competition, Jackie, is handled responsibly. I say it's better to be hurt by someone you know accidentally than by a stranger on purpose. So they're just excusing this hacking job on the U.S. Uh, State Department. Well, you know, espionage, yeah, it happens between friends. Just something that goes on on the geopolitical stage. No reason to uh, tank an alliance. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle, 93 WIBC. Also, Janet Yellen uh, making the rounds this week um, for, among other reasons, some of the stuff she ate in China. I don't know if you've heard about this, uh, Producer Carl, but Janet Yellen also claiming that, uh, you know, it's all good here in the United States. Inflation down, wages up. We're all hunky-dory here. Still lots of job openings, but mm-hmm. uh, wage growth is moderating and inflation is... Uh, subsiding so i think we're in a good path on the united states it is crazy we say to give a woman woman power is like to give a gun to a monkey we have stopped doing that ever since the 1999 astana zoo massacre the reality of the situation is that prices are up 16.6 percent real wages down three percent since biden took office not nearly as rosy as the treasury secretary would have you believe but perhaps she's uh, having a little bit of a distorted perception of reality due to the substances she partook of on her trip to china have you heard of this producer carl 
But she had bad Chinese food. What? She, she, no. Well, she had mushrooms. She oh. had mushrooms while she was uh, touring China. Uh, the Xi'an Shu King type of wild mushroom. Turns out they're psychedelic mushrooms. She didn't realize this while she's con- consuming it. And according to gourmets, you can be eating these psychedelic mushrooms and think you're okay. And if they're not cooked right, you know, you think you're walking straight and then you're falling overside on the uh, 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 flat on your face because they're psychedelic properties. So maybe that's uh, distorting her perception of uh, of reality there. Kind of reminds me of uh, the, the old Bill Hicks bit, though, about never seeing a positive drug story in the news. You never see positive drug stories on the news, do you? Isn't that weird? Since most of the experiences I've had on drugs were real <laughs> positive. Uh, who are these morons they're finding? That's what I want to know. I used to want to call the news. Come over to our house. Watch Tommy, he's a pig. Film him. <laughs> he's been doing that for hours. He's killing us. You getting all that? You're listening to 93 WIBC. Stay tuned for more. Up next, Brian Baker joining the show, and we're going to talk about the Hollywood writers and actors strike. I went everybody's head about the bird. This is Saturday night on the circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your bohemian codger, Ethan Hatcher. Find my podcasts uploaded to WIBC.com and Saturday Night on the Circle.fireside.fm. Plus hop in the chat while we stream live on the YouTube. Last week, in a shocking turn of events, the Film Actors Guild declared that they would go on strike due to issues surrounding compensation and the use of AI to replicate an actor's likeness without future consent for its use. This has effectively ground Hollywood to a halt for the first time since 2007. Here to tell us all about it is the dashing stunt driver extraordinaire, the man of boundless capability, classic wit, and personable charm. He's the gentleman from Georgia. The Brian Baker joins the show once again. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Ethan, you know, every time I hear that song, I can't help but see uh, Peter Griffin in my mind. Right. Singing that one. <laughs> Dancing away. Love that. <laughs> well, thank you for the uh, the fabulous intro. And, and may I just say that as an avid listener to WIBC on the various uh, streaming uh, devices that I have throughout my home, I have to say, Ethan, you are one of the finest talents that I have heard on that radio station in years. You are so articulate. Your show is interesting. It is thoughtful. It's funny. It's engaging. Engaging. You really do an excellent job, man. So I am always honored when you have me on your program. Hey, I, I appreciate the compliments, and I'm just grateful that uh, Urban One gives me a slot on Saturday nights to do my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Happy well, to be they here. don't give those to anybody, you know, I, I, not that I know from personal experience or anything. <laughs> well, tell me how you're doing, because it seems like you are suffering under the weight of this Film Actors Guild strike, because it's not that these multi-millionaire actors are really suffering from the loss of work. It's the carpenters, it's the stunt drivers, it's the extras, it's the restaurants, it's the caters, it's all the people who help support this enormous industry who are really suffering under the uh, strike. So tell me how you're doing. 
Oh, you know, I, you're right, man. I mean, it's just, it, it's, but you know, even Christ suffered as well. So can't we all endure? No, I'm, you know what, man? It is, it's part of the business. That's the truth about this, man. There are strikes all the time in the entertainment unions. Uh, SAG has gone on strike historically multiple times throughout history. So is the WGA. Uh, DGH always seems to get their, their deals wrapped up pretty quickly. But the team serves, it's just something that comes with the gig. And I think certainly the folks that have been in the business for a while, if they are wise, when they're making good money, they uh, put a little bit aside and anticipate that there are going to be seasons where maybe they're not working, and it's not because of a strike. There's just uh, they're not getting the calls, or they're not going on any jobs. But yes, also there may be some strikes, and so that's why you you got to be smart with your money and set it aside and not spend everything that you bring in. Although to be fair, um, it has been rather challenging with multiple uh, economic uh, grenades thrown our way between COVID and inflation, and yeah, the uh, the entertainment industry now with this shutdown that looks like it could go into twenty. 24. It has been pretty brutal, man. And, um, you know, it's just, as I said, it's part of the gig, but that doesn't mean it's any less painful. Which side do you think is going to flinch first? Because it seems like Hollywood has been limping along without the writers for a few months now, but without the talent, without the actors, you're, you've just got completely nothing at this point. So who's going to hold out the longest? Is it the actors and the writers who are demanding higher rates of compensation and guaranteed positions? Or is it the Hollywood studios who don't have the money to continue supporting these financial flops. I mean, Hollywood has been in a downward spiral over the last summer. There's been huge losses. Indiana Jones 5 completely bombing. Uh, the, uh, Elemental completely bombing. Um, you know, many other examples. The Flash completely bombing. Uh, many other examples of these multi-million... The Little Mermaid completely bombing. Many other examples of multi-million dollar films underperforming due to writers and some of the demands. So who's going to fold first under all this pressure? You know, that is a billion-dollar question, Ethan, and I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that. Certainly, the streamers think that it's going to be the writers and uh, the, the actors that blink first. But the reality is, if the writers give in on this one, if the Screen Actors, gives in, Screen Actors Guild gives in, that really, I mean, at that point in time, you can just sort of set the, the countdown clock, and you know that eventually your profession and your career are going to be done. This AI uh, disagreement that they're having and uh, an and issue over residuals, I mean, residuals and streaming, that, that's one thing, because the truth is the money is just not there like it used to be. People are consuming content in a different way, and they're consuming it in a manner that is not as profitable for the studios and for the production companies. So, And, and the deals that the streamers make with these uh, with these production companies, it's, it's quite different than what network television would make with the studios in, in years Past. So, yeah, man, I mean, the money's not there anymore, and everyone's going to just have to suffer a little bit of a loss, and we'll have to share the pain on that. But AI is a different animal because, in theory, what this technology is capable of doing is taking background people and scanning them and utilizing their, like, their likeness essentially forever in multiple productions, being able to utilize uh, uh, actors that are, you know, I, I'm sure that the, the A-listers, people like Bruce Willis, he already signed away his digital rights years ago. And so his, he can make films long after he's dead. But, but some of these people that depend on getting work and, and getting in front of the camera for their livelihood or working on series, it's crucial for them that they get this right because AI is developing so quickly. And I'm sure you've played with ChatGPT. It's amazing what it's capable yeah. of doing and it's only continuing to get better and better i watched two short films today that were 
completely AI generated. The scripts, I believe, because the, the, they were so well written, I think that the scripts were, were written by an actual person. But uh, the way that they were able to utilize uh, AI generated people and and scenes and and create these effects, it really worked, and it was good content. It was a short film, and it, certainly you couldn't make a full length feature yet. But I don't know that that wouldn't be possible five to ten years from now. So yeah, it's pretty important. And if people are losing their houses now, I'm sure there is a um, if they're smart, they're looking at this and going, yeah, this is going to be extremely painful, but do we want to suck it up now and then be able to still have a career when it's all over and, and be able to rebuild? Or do we want to just go ahead and, and take a short-term win, but then know that we're going to have to change professions ultimately? I kind of understand the aversion to AI, but Hollywood in and of itself is an industry that revolves around innovation and has constantly been changing in its over-century history of bringing movies to the box office. Technology is not the same now as it was in the silent film era. And although I understand the threats of AI, I think there's a lot of potential here. And you cannot eliminate the human component of creativity. While some script ideas may be generated through AI, I think the final polishing will always have to have a human hand at the end of the day. And some of the demands, especially on the writer's side of things, are a little bit unreasonable, considering that the writer's rooms have been growing. The season lengths have been shrinking and the quality has been dipping. So to demand that now there are guaranteed positions in a writer's room when the the finances are drying up and there's not support for what's being produced, I'm not sure that's entirely reasonable. I do, however, think the Film Actors Guild uh, uh, concerns regarding their uh, use of their image and personal likeness uh, for future retention in AI is concerning, especially if it's uh, garnered in perpetuity. That seems a little bit... of an unreasonable demand on the studio side. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I think I mostly agree with what you had to say about writers with um with the exception of what you said about quality dipping, because there's a, a thing, there's a general belief from people that are sort of outside the business that Hollywood doesn't have any new ideas and writers are putting out a bunch of crap. And the reality is, Ethan, there is not a shortage of great talent. There's not a shortage of brilliant scripts, good ideas, but there is an abundance of people who are above the writers yeah. that make decisions. I mean, studio notes, uh, it is a, a common thing that everybody laughs about and that writers just tear their hair out over because everyone wants to kind of give their final say on things and give their polish and they, they want to add their two cents and justify you know their big office in the sky and uh, their, their giant leather chair for their overpaid rear end. And so they all want to want to have a part in it. And what happens is, is that you get so many cooks in the kitchen and it just winds up being a disaster. So a lot of what winds up actually being seen is not just the result of writers sitting in a room and putting together crap. It's generally the result of multiple people being involved in the process after the scripts have been written. So there is that aspect of it. But you're right. The money is not there. Seasons have grown shorter. The way people are consuming content is different. And even though I, I, as someone that loves this business, loves acting, and in particular loves stunt work, uh, I want it to go on. And and I I want it to, to be like it was in its glory days. But the fact is that the industry is changing, like all businesses are changing, just like radio has changed dramatically from what it was in the 1930s and the 1940s, and then the glory days of boss radio, and then talk radio is the big monster. You know, it, it always evolves and turns into something different. And over time, technology gets utilized, and people get eliminated. Automation comes along. Uh, computer 
computers come along, AI comes along, and it changes things. And it is just the evolution of any business or industry. And yes, it is so incredibly sad. But at the same time, I don't know that you can that you can fight the reality. And reality is harsh sometimes, man. It's it's really it's really brutal and it's really mean. And of course, if you spent your whole life in this business doing one thing, it it hurts to think that, man, I might have to give up what I've been doing my whole life, and now I got to go get a sales job, or you know, I, I got to, I got to do something where I'm sitting at a desk and and just hating myself and being miserable for 40 hours per week. But that's the position a lot of people find themselves in. And as far as residuals go, you know, listen, the, the big A-listers. I mean, I think it's funny that they're out there on the picket lines and they're talking about <laughs> how uh, you know actors they they need the residuals. I don't think really that, that Jennifer Aniston. I mean, she signed a deal and and she's entitled to it, but I think. Her getting twenty million dollars per year for uh, uh, in residuals for what she did on Friends is a little different than somebody that is just a, a a regular working actor that maybe works on say I don't know a set five days out of the year and they sort of rely on residuals to help bridge the gap in in their uh, in, in their career and they're waiting tables and they're doing some other things residuals are a little more important for them so maybe there's a compromise somewhere in there but I don't really hear any of the big big a listers saying they're willing to kind of suck it up and take some losses in order to support their fellow uh, artists who are up and coming and are going to be the future of the business so you know there's a little bit of um, uh, willful blindness, a little bit of arrogance there. And I, I will say, man, I mean, unions can be a wonderful thing if you're in them and you are making good, solid money and you've got great benefits and you've got attention. But, you know, my grandfather, he worked for General Motors for, I don't know, gosh, I think he was with them for almost 50 years. Man had a great career, wonderful pension, Social Security, bonds were paying uh, paying real big. I mean, he had a glorious, glorious retirement. My parents, they're not having quite that experience. You and I are not going to have the experience that our parents had. Things are changing, and some of these just wonderful golden gooses that we used to chase after, they don't exist anymore, man. And I'll tell you this, too, brother. You know, a lot of people that work on film sets, they're there every single day, and they don't get residuals either. So I understand it. You get used to it, right? You get used to these luxuries and these things that that, uh, that kind of have always come with the gig, and then they get taken away, and you feel like you're being cheated. But, hey, man, I mean, how many residuals are you getting for Saturday night on the circle? Even? Right. Other people, other people in the normal part of America have to deal with this phenomenon, too. And I think part, yeah. of, part of what you were talking about can be attributed to the massive Hollywood budgets. This is an opportunity for Hollywood to reevaluate and reposition itself and return to the mid-budget movie model. Part of the issue with having too many cooks in the kitchen is they have over $300 million investments and loans tied up into these absolute flops of a film. Most prominent recent example being Indiana Jones 5 and uh, The Disaster of Dysentery because they had more than $350 million invested into the production budget alone. When you have that level of investment, of course you have corporate overlords who are going to oversee and put their fingers in the pot to leave their mark and have a legacy and also play it extremely safe because this is a big investment on the part of the studio, but then we see the payoff isn't there, whereas with uh, movies like Sound of Freedom, what was that, a $14 million production budget, and now has made over $100 million, grossing its production several times over, so we need to return to that model where movies aren't so grossly expensive, and you can make a winner for $50 million or $70 million, which isn't anything to sneer at in and of itself, and still leave room for profit for residuals and for the industry to continue as a whole. 
Yeah, well, I think Top Gun Maverick, I mean, when history looks back, that's probably going to be the bookend of the big giant uh, box office, uh, the big blockbusters and people going out and, and all this excitement uh, just nationwide about one particular film, and it's a huge success. Yeah, I mean, that's a rare thing nowadays. There's just so much content out there. And, and you know, as I said, people consume it in a different way. And I do agree with you. I mean, look, as someone that works in the business, of course, I want it to, I want it to be like it, like it was in the past, and I want to be able to go and work on a set for a day and, you know, walk away with 2500 bucks and in a year get, get a check just for having done the work a year ago. That would be great. But there's also the the part of me that, that drew me to the business in the first place, which is that, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to express myself as an artist and there were, there were things that I wanted to do. And so... I do think that as time goes on and as, uh, you know, the, the, the big giant production houses are going away in the studios and, and you will see this reemergence of independent films and people that are doing it for the love of creating art and their passion for it, and they will create interesting films and probably it, there will be an abundance of fabulous content. Maybe not as many people will be able to see it because how do you market it and draw people to it when you've got so much out there to choose from? But there's great stuff being made. Look at Sound of Freedom, which, my goodness, that film, I, I believe make more money than Indiana Jones did in its opening weekend, and it cost what, like fourteen million dollar production million budget to make. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's so, been incredible. So I mean, there's great content out there, man. I just I think the business is changing, and and nobody wants it to happen. But you're right. I mean, there are just economic realities that we all have to deal with. But as far as who's going to blink first, I don't know. But I can tell you this. Films that are currently in production and are having to go on hold right now because of the strike. It, I read an article today. There are some big major uh, films that are in production. Um, Gladiator 2 is one of them, and they have these massive sets on sound stages, and that's costing them up to $600,000 per week. So it's not as though the studios aren't, aren't losing a little money on their end as well. It's incredible. Well, unfortunately, Brian, we've gone long, but I will say that that's the process of renewal, because sometimes when the the forest burns down, that's what gives way for new growth. So hopefully that's what we'll see in Hollywood coming from all this. Well said, Ethan. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's been Brian Baker. Thanks for coming on the show and stay tuned for more 93 WIBC. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to my world Won't you come on in You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC Step into my heart Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle where I'm your host Ethan Hatcher and disturbing things are afoot in the world of United States news both on the southern border and apparently in the oceans surrounding our uh, country. I just saw a news report on Fox News here in the studio. Apparently, producer Carl, did you see this? Shark attacks are on the rise. I don't want to... That's one of the worst parts about the ocean. Like, I'm fine with the water, but when you stare into that deep, inky blackness and the void of, you know, nothing, like anything could be in there. We, we, we know less about our oceans than we know about the space above our heads. Like, it's it's crazy. What are you going to say? I, I was going to say that what worries me more is that they talked a lot about shark attacks right before 9-11. If you go back into the archives. Really? Oh, yeah. I did not yeah. know this. It was the summer of sharks and then 9-11 happened. It also begs the question, like, are these the cocaine sharks? That was something else making the rounds uh, in the news. Apparently, these sharks, they go after cocaine in the waters off the coast of Florida. The cartels trying to ship in the cocaine. Maybe that's why the shark attacks are up, because they're fiending for some cocaine. And they're like, give us more. That's who brought in the cocaine into the White House. The yep. sharks. Swam right in there. <laughs> Very astute observation there, producer Carl. Um, now, speaking about the cocaine sharks and about illicit substances making their way into the country, we have, of course, uh, 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 border czar Alejandro Mayorkas. He is more concerned with uh, the wording of uh, how you know how how we talk about immigrants than actually enforcing the border laws. Take a listen to this. You know, we um, in the Department of Homeland Security, I issued a memo very early on that we would not use the term illegal alien. Uh, when speaking of these individuals, we would we use the term non-citizen. Have you lost your reptilian ass mind? Can you believe being so preoccupied with the optics and modern politics, you're not going to use a term like illegal alien to describe the wave of immigrants coming to our southern border. No wonder it is an abject problem because this is the way the Department of Homeland Security is treating the issue. This is a joke. 
Like, no, you know, again, no wonder we're having a problem with uh, illegal immigrants flooding over the border into cities and stretching the resources that these places have at their disposal incredibly thin, pushing them to their limit. And now so-called sanctuary cities, they are buckling under the pressure that this uh, negligent policy has caused. It was predictable, guys. We could have told you this was coming. It's not, you know, heartless policy that uh, uh, necessitates border security. It's a fact of running a country smoothly. And now uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City is finding out that you cannot uh, invite a limitless tide of uh, immigrants who require enormous resources into your city. Eventually, the limit will be reached, which it seems New York City has, has hit. We stated several months ago that we have reached full capacity and that full capacity was verbalized and now New York is just going to be visually actualized. Uh, we're going to see how much of our cup has basically runneth over. We have no more room in the city and we need help. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. These sanctuary cities were literally asking for it. So if they buckle under the pressure, that's fine. The only problem is it leaves the rest of America to clean up the mess and have to deal with the problem. So we need to address the issue, which isn't going to happen as long as the Department of Homeland Security is more concerned about whether or not they're offending the people who are breaking our laws, which is ridiculous wholesale on its face. But that's what we're dealing with in this uh endless cavalcade of incompetency that is the Biden administration. Uh, stay tuned for more on 93 WIBC. Up next, we'll tell you about the latest proposal for an amusement park uh, uh, as apparently the size of uh, Magic Kingdom somewhere in the Midwestern United States. We'll give you more details coming up for the final segment of Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought 
bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller. I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm Ethan Hatcher wrapping things up on a Saturday evening. Producer Carl pushing the buttons and doing the things necessary to make the show function. We appreciate your hard work. As always, Producer Carl, looks like you've got an understudy this week waiting in the wings in the background. Tell me more about this. What, what, what's going on? Are you, you're not leaving me, are you, Producer no, Carl? No, I'm not leaving, but I am going to take a, a much-needed vacation up to Michigan. Ah, I, I see. will be escaping Indiana for a weekend. It just comes with the territory of working on Saturdays is that the wife tends to say, we're going to leave on a Saturday. Well-deserved. Look, everybody needs a break every once in a while, especially on a weekend. So you'll be leaving me in the uh, capable hands of this gentleman, I take it. Yes, Graham, right? Uh, Graham. <laughs> excellent. Okay, well, we look forward to working with you next weekend, producer Graham. I look forward to that. Um now, before we close off the show, producer Carl, uh, are you much of a you much of an amusement park man? You spent some time in California. You going up to Anaheim? Uh, what was that Disney Disneyland? Yeah, but uh, you know it's really interesting. So I worked for Disney recently um, for ABC Television, True. and um, it was a big perk that uh, everybody got to have uh, unlimited. Uh, visits to the Magic Kingdoms, plural. You could go to Disneyland or Walt Disney World in Florida. But I, I always thought to myself, gee, that's for kids. And people tell me, no, it's not just for kids. No, 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 no. The theme park, well, the kids can't afford to go. <laughs> yeah, true. It's hundreds yeah, of dollars. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you know, those yeah. little booger eaters taking yeah. them to the theme park. It's the parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they got to appeal to the parents. Uh, but that- to, yeah, to answer your question, I stopped going to Disneyland probably when I was like 10 Okay. Well, you know, now see, if I was getting uh, comped tickets to Disneyland, that might not be too bad. Uh, But it's because, look, let's face it, it's not really a deal unless the food is included at a place like that, because, like, you're paying 20 bucks just for a beverage. It's ridiculous. Maybe this new theme park they are launching in the Midwest will be better alongside historic Route 66 in Veneta, Oklahoma. Seems like a real weird place to put a a theme park, but I I leave it to them. You know, look, at one time, I'm sure Orlando seemed like a really strange place to put a theme park nestled amongst the uh, orange orchards. Mosquitoes Uh, and alligators. Yeah, mosquitoes and alligators, too. But now it makes all the sense in the world. Perhaps Oklahoma will as well. It's supposed to be a Midwestern Americana themed park, which I'm sure is going to bound to outrage some people here in this uh, hyper-woke culture. But I'll tell you one thing, especially being based in Veneta, Oklahoma, if they don't have this song playing on a loop in the parking lot, it's a missed opportunity.
always have theme music at the theme park, and this is a theme park in Oklahoma, so if you don't have that theme music playing on a loop in your parking lot, you're missing out. Like, that would just be, it would be stupid, right? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, um, I, I, you talked about it a couple weeks ago, Casa Bonita. That, yeah. that is a place. That's dude. Colorado. That, yeah, that's Colorado. And uh, I saw a video of it on TV the other day. And that, that looks like a theme park in itself. Casa well, Bonita. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What did they say? They said it's the Disneyland of uh, Mexican restaurants. Yeah. I'd go there. Yeah, absolutely. I like a good Mexican restaurant. Yeah. We we need to go to uh, La Parada yeah, sometime. You absolutely. were bugging me about that a couple yeah. weekends ago. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. La, La Parada, by the way, excellent Mexican restaurant on the east side of Indianapolis. Well worth a visit if you haven't ever gone there. It's right on the corner of, uh, what is it? State and New York streets on the east side of town. Uh, if you're a part of Upside, you use the Upside app. They also are participant in that. Offer one of the best deals around for restaurant cashback, 19% cash back if you claim the offer on upside so you really can't lose by going and checking out la parada thanks for listening to saturday night on the circle unfortunately that brings my program to a close but i'll leave you with my parting words of wisdom as always wherever you are whatever you're doing whoever you're with remember that life is a state of mind producer carl out producer graham in and we look forward to it so stay tuned next week on 93 wibc Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans.